Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a brand new episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we talk to you about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. Uh, I, of course, am your host, as always, filmmaker and comedian and film critic, Nate Wyckoff. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, which you can do now, uh, we are slowly but surely getting all of our back catalog of episodes, videos online for you at Colton Classic Podcast. You will see that I am phasing in and out of reality. My camera is a little wonky. I'm here, but I have some uh, I have some glitches in my personal matrix. So uh, we're just going to deal with that. And today I am super excited. As always, I'm always excited. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. Because the theme is mortal-like combat. I say that because we have first Mortal Kombat, the 2021 film reboot of the video game-inspired hyper-violent action series. And then uh, for next episode with part two, we have 1993's Immortal Kombat, starring Roddy Piper and Sonny Chiba, which was a strange uh, rental store cash-in on the 1992 um, sort of world exploding video game phenomenon that was the original Mortal Kombat. So we're going to talk about each of these. And first up for this episode is Mortal Kombat 2021. With me, as always, is Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm okay. I am joined by the, um, my brother's armpit, for those of you who have video access to this. That is that is correct. Uh <laughs> fellow contributor he is not he is not contributing to the audio but he is contributing to the video portion fellow, of this recording yes yes yeah. we can we can hear the mumbling from fellow contributor jeff tucker who was unable to watch the films for this week because he is lazy uh, i'm just kidding his internet was out uh, we also have with us in and out tad mastriani uh the the country is going through some weather issues so that's my assumption as to why the internet is pretty crappy across the board here so tad will be in and out uh through throughout the um podcast but uh let's just jump right into this so mortal kombat 2021 now there were two mortal kombat films uh that went to theaters before this there was uh mortal kombat by uh, the mm, sometimes maligned on this podcast sometimes celebrated paul ws anderson and then there was mortal kombat annihilation which was the follow-up to that they were uh they were schlocky kids movies with pseudo violence 
the games these are based on, of course, are hyper-violent. Uh, the originals being uh, 2D games that were uh, used essentially photographic images of real people uh, to play the characters. It was hyper-violent, but it was goofy in a way, especially now if you see it. Um, you know, people would explode and, and like five or six arms would go flying in a, in a spray of blood. It was very unrealistic. Whereas the newer iterations with the updated graphics, they're still cartoony, but they are extreme. People getting ripped in half, uh, bones cracking, uh, you know, limbs removed, melting, all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, in this post uh, opinion, they are super fun and they're very well designed by NetherRealm Games and published by Warner Brothers Studios. Now, Warner Brothers Studios, of course, made this film as well. This one, I think, tried to be more serious, uh, but we're going to have some differing opinions, I think, on this. Mandy, did you see the original Mortal Kombat films? I probably because it was like the thing in the early 90s, it right? Was. And yep. um, I like watching this movie hit some nostalgia buttons, even though I wasn't that in like uh, invested in the movie, didn't play it a lot. I don't think we owned a copy, but um, played it enough like the arcade or at like friends houses that like the catchphrases and like, I recognize the characters. And Get stuff. over here. Um, and toasty yeah, exactly. And all that jazz. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And the uppercut. Oh, I'll yep. use your uppercut. Um, I like that part. But yeah, I can't remember specifically if I saw the movies. I don't know if it's because they weren't that memorable or it wasn't something I was invested in really at the time. Uh, yeah, we might get some hate on this, but I think I think they're probably they're they're just not particularly well executed films. Uh, 95 was when the first one came out and 97 was uh, when the sequel came out that was directed by John Leonetti. And uh there, there have been other iterations as well that didn't go to the theaters. Um, that Warner Brothers has recently put out two animated features that are in line with like their DC Universe animated features, which I think are kind of fun. Uh, and then they also had uh, a series of they had a TV series, both an animated one, and it was obviously aimed for kids, and then uh, a a sort of I don't know late night USA style um, series called Mortal Kombat Conquest in the, uh, what was it, 98, I'm guessing, yeah, 98 to 99. Uh, that also was kind of fun, very skimpy costumes in that one for those of you who, who like your TNA um, basic cable. <laughs> and we had some really great people in that too. Uh, Paolo Montalbaum, Daniel Bernhardt, who of course I love as a stand-in for, uh, for uh, why can I not think of, his name anyway the kickboxer series christina loken uh and and uh just a lot of interesting people were in that series so that was a lot of fun we also had uh more recently mortal kombat legacy which was a web series that uh they were they were like short 10 to 15 minute features they were they were a lot of fun they were much more in line with what uh, fans who grew up with the games were kind of looking for. Of course, Casper Van Dien was probably the most well-known name in that. Uh, he played Johnny Cage, who actually is not in this new film, although he is teased. Uh, but these are, you know, these are all iterations that sort of have led up to what people were asking for, which was a serious, R-rated, hyper-violent Mortal Kombat film. And that's what this is, although... I enjoy this film, but I have some things to say about it. I imagine we all do. 
as well. And I think Tad has rejoined us. How are you doing, Tad? You know, you wake up in the morning and everything's fine. The next thing you know, you forget that the 21st century is just as shitty as the 20th century. Welcome to the future. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, we, we, I just went through the gamut of explaining the film history of Mortal Kombat. Now, let's start off. Of course, Tad, you have seen the 1995 and 1997 sequel uh, to Mortal Kombat, yes? I sure have. Yeah, we had uh, my one of my favorites, Christopher Lambert, playing um, God of Thunder Raiden, which is interesting because, of course, it was it was definitely a case of extreme whitewashing because he's Asian in the games. Interestingly enough, uh, or at least in the the mythos of the games, Raiden. I don't, I'm not sure why Christopher Lambert was chosen because it's not like he was an A-list celebrity. I mean, he was well known for the high, the first few Highlander films. Um, and then what he did Mean Guns with Ice-T. Uh, he did Greystroke, The Legend of Tarzan, where he did phenomenal. He's a great actor, but I, I don't understand why they chose to cast him uh, as if that would be a draw. If you're gonna if you're gonna whitewash, you'd think that they would have picked somebody in line with like Scarlett Johansson of that era, you know. But they all like <laughs> somebody who they thought would actually draw people to the to the theater. But anyway, I digress. What were your thoughts on those original two films? So, for one, the original Mortal Kombat is a goddamn classic, and some of the special effects surprisingly hold up very well to this day. And then some of the acting definitely does not. Yeah, if you can see my face at the moment right now, I'm specifically thinking of the scorpion scene. Uh, see, you read my mind. That's that. Aside from some of the weird choices they made, where the the uh, the head of the scorpion, I don't even know what that's called. What is what? Is, what would you call something that shoots out of your goddamn hand? Like, uh, like I, I don't know. It's like it was like a. Uh, Hellraiser version of those little T-Rex heads that you have a hand on a handle that grab toys, a grabber. So let's say that um, you decide that instead of just having like a tip of a spear or a harpoon, you decide to put a mouth at the, at the end of it, which kind of was unnecessary, probably cost a lot of money and frankly made it look cheesier than the scene should have. If that had been taken out, it probably would still very well hold up today. But um, let's not forget that Mortal Kombat Annihilation is one of the fucking worst movies ever made. I'm going to push back and say that Mortal Kombat is also a bad movie. And this is perhaps when my Paul W.S. Anderson bias is coming in. Um, but, <laughs> and mine is kicking in. Right, yeah. So, But I mean, I do think that both films, including Annihilation, are actually highly entertaining. They're, it's not, they're not good films, but you know, when they're playing on TNT and you click on it, it's, it's very easy to get caught and just keep watching it. Um, the idea behind the plot of Mortal Kombat, the games at least, and, and some of the uh, other content that we've talked about, of course, they're in comic books and all that jazz, um, is that there is a tournament uh, that is held between the champions of various uh, alternate dimensions. They call them realms. And it, there's weird rules. Like uh, in this new reboot, I think if they if if Earth Realm, which is our world, loses uh, to uh, the outer uh Outworld. Outworld, right, thank you. For a certain number of times in a row, then Outworld is allowed to essentially invade and, and take ownership of the realm. And that's what Outworld wants. And in this uh, movie, it sort of, it has nods to past 
Mortal Kombat lore, like Shao Kahn is, there's a statue of him. He was uh, the big villain in a lot of the earlier Mortal Kombat series. Um, he had a half skull face mask and stuff. Uh, he's gone in this one. And we have as the main villain, Shao Tseng. Chang uh, Song. Chang Song. Jeez Louise. This is wow. You're supposed to be our Mortal Kombat expert, man. I'm not an expert on Mortal Kombat. I do love <laughs> me some Mortal Kombat, but um, I, I actually was always mad that uh, Shao Kahn was replaced <laughs> by this wizard who swallows souls. Uh, anyway, so we have this wizard who swallows souls who has his ragtag team of um, vicious combatants, and this movie, Mortal Kombat 2021, actually does not have the tournament uh this movie takes place before the tournament when um uh, the villain what is his correct name the the current villain or the yes. future villain shang sung thank you shang sung uh and again apologies to our chinese listeners i am butchering every name here uh but anyway he sends his combatants to earth realm to essentially kill earth champions before they've even been trained uh and so they're picking off one by one because if the tournament comes and they have no uh buddy to fight then outworld obviously wins and and this is the last time they could win now or last time they need to win in order to invade the earth it's not complicated there's a bunch of people that have to fight each other to keep earth safe that's the whole deal now there are lots of plot holes it's it's expected i don't think anybody really thought that they would block the plot holes or piece them over nicely there were a couple i thought that would have been easy fixes um but we have a great opening i think to this mortal Kombat movie it opens in feudal japan um and we have uh, the character that becomes scorpion a very well-known probably most iconic character of the mortal Kombat franchise uh, usually signified as a yellow mass ninja with hell powers. We have him when he's alive and before he becomes Scorpion. Uh, and his family is being attacked by the uh, a Chinese warrior who becomes Sub-Zero. And Sub-Zero is taking, we don't know if he's taking revenge. It's not, his. the mythos is not clarified here. But whatever the case is, he is wiping out um, Scorpion's clan for his own, for the name of his own clan. Uh, Scorpion is killed, but he, his family successfully hid away a baby girl who come back to modern times, uh, the ancestor has passed down and there is a living ancestor of this now dead character who is Scorpion wandering through hell. Again, sounds complicated, not complicated. And actually it's probably the plot of like 30 other movies in some form or another. Um, but present day, we come to the character Cole, who is um, the uh, faraway ancestor of Scorpion. Um, I'm having a hard time putting some of this into words because essentially it's just a setup to get a bunch of different weird characters to fight together. Uh, we get basically Sub-Zero coming to Earth and he's trying to kill Cole. Cole's trying to protect his family. So he puts his family at a cabin that they have money to pay for somehow. And, uh, and then... Cole and the other fighters that are left alive of Earth Realm go to Raiden, uh, which is in a, a monastery-esque mountaintop place. And there, all of them train, and they have to essentially get the shit kicked out of them, become very stressed for their supernatural power to uh, emerge. Okay, we've seen this before as well, but 
you know, whatever, watching people beat each other up is fun. So uh, anyway, and then ultimately there's a battle and they all pair off kind of mimicking the video game where you have two combatants fighting each other, sometimes three, uh, and, and one gets killed and the other gets killed and blah, 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 until ultimately good wins. This is not a spoiler. Nobody expected anything different. Although the video games occasionally do have the bad guys win and that becomes a long running sort of plot point in a lot of the Mortal Kombat games. They are not happy games, uh, but they're also not serious, as I've mentioned. There's this weird comic overabundance of gratuitousness to these games uh, and the films that I find appealing. And I think a lot of exploitation fans and cult fans find them appealing as well. So there is a lot of blood in this movie. Uh, the opening scene has some great choreography. We get uh, really nice mixed martial arts throughout. Uh, Louis Tan plays Cole. Um, we get Jessica, Jessica McNamee playing Sonia Blade, who is another staple. Josh Lawson playing the Australian um, villain hero character uh, Kano. Um, Joe Toslin plays Bihan, who is uh, Sub Zero. And uh, Mikhail Brooks is Jax. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> oh, uh, Totonobu Asano plays Lord Raiden. He is fantastic. Uh, he's always check out his Japanese movies. He's uh, a treasure. We have uh, Hiro, Hiroyuki Sanada, who plays Scorpion. He also does a great job, also has a great film pedigree. Jin Han, same. He plays Shang Tsung. Liu Kang is played by Ludi Lin. Uh, and Kung Lao, who is a lot of fun in this movie, even though he only has a little part, is played by Max Huang. Now, the reason I mention all of these, who for many of you guys out there in uh, audio podcasts and YouTube land will not know is because if you do know uh, Japanese cinema and some Hong Kong cinema, you will probably know them, uh, at least one of them. And it's important because I think they deserve credit because they should make it into more American films, especially action films. They're really great. They have this, they carry uh, a sort of screen presence that is often lacking in what we get in leading characters and action movies in the in the US. Yes, I'm talking about Fast and Furious and the like. I'm not saying they don't have their place, but no character carries themselves at, at all as gracefully and as well as um, say Shin Han. So, you know, listen, listen to their names, try and commit them to memory and uh, check out what they have to offer. All of that said, I'm gonna go to you guys, Mandy, what were you what were you expecting with Mortal Kombat? And then what did you come away with? I was expecting it to be like trying to be more of a movie. And what I came away with was this is like really true to the video game. And I felt that, that was really great. It was like this is kind of like what I remember from playing the game as a kid. And it, they just transferred it to the screen. Like for it, it was really super fun. Like that's what I went away with. This is a super fun. The plot was like there was enough plot but it was still pretty light um the production value was really amazing the set design was really amazing uh it, they brought in a lot of the characters uh including that guy with like four arms it was like Gora, a fun uh, little the, like that he was the child he wasn't goro right he was the child he was goro, he was goro? okay i couldn't I know, remember I mean, yeah. it would make sense if it was goro because who the hell knows anyone but goro well, Gore, so right. Gore, I think he, there is the, I think the clan is Gore, like the family, and they're these formed yeah. monsters. So he could be, you know, he, he could be any, any generational any. Gore, but yes, yeah. he's in there. Um, I will say, and his, again, 
I agree with you. The graphics were great. Um, there, the design was pretty awesome. I liked the costume design, especially for the two most important characters to most, you know, 14 year old brain, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I thought they both yeah. um, were really well developed. And each one, especially in, in the original game, they're literally color swaps, right? Like mm -hmm. Sub-Zero is blue and yeah. Scorpion is, is yellow. They had different moves uh, and different specials and, and fatalities, which are the ultra gruesome specials in the Mortal Kombat series. Yeah but they were the same. And now they've really differentiated. They both of course have face masks, but Sub-Zero and Scorpion look very different. And they do. it was, yeah. was kind of neat because uh, for example, Scorpion had a sort of more traditional Japanese um, inspired outfit. Uh, of course he was a ninja. Uh, I also like to, in the opening, the most famous move by Scorpion is the get over here move where as Tad was referencing to the, from the original film series, he shoots a chain with a spike on it from his wrist. It stabs into the opponent and he says, get over here. And he yanks them closer so he can beat them up. Uh, he gets that sort of weapon from when he's trying to protect his family at the opening of the movie. He takes his wife's very decorated garden trowel. It's this little dagger, uh, which is probably not the best way to plant things, but I'm gonna let that go. And he ties a rope to it <clears throat> and he's swinging it around and using it as a weapon. It's just really cool and also, I thought it played well to like the, the ninja mythos because ninja or, or reality actually, uh, real ninja were sort of clandestine operatives. They often were uh, in places like gardeners for uh, a, a home. And so like they would use non-traditional weapons to fight because they would be the tools of gardening or whatever they were supposed to be doing while pretending not to be um, uh, enforcement for whatever kingpin or whoever was hiring them at that time or just you know rich family or, or noble people whatever so anyway so that was a cool cool bit um again i'm gonna say right now i thought the best fight scene was the whole opening and that set me up to be super excited but also be looking for that extra awesome fight scene for the rest of the film that i didn't quite get not that there weren't great fights but i thought that one was so stellar that i wanted there to be more and there weren't as many that is not a damnation of this film. Uh, as I said, I do have some problems with it, but I will say now, I think they're outweighed by the fact that if you like the video games, uh, if you're a fan at all, or of like arena style battle films like Bloodsport or even Karate Kid, you know what I mean? You will enjoy this because it's a lot of weird characters paired together to beat it out of each other. Uh, Tad, what was your expectation going in and what did you get coming out of Mortal Kombat 2021? I honestly was expecting not much, uh, but I guess that's kind of what my normal stance on most of the films we watch is. Um, I have so much good things to say about this. I was utterly surprised. For one, I guess apparently between you and me, I guess I'm more of the Mortal Kombat historian. <laughs> which is surprising because I haven't played most of the games, but I do know a lot of the story and the characters. And for one thing, I do really appreciate this, this movie. I needed this movie. Like I needed this movie bad because cinema has been absolute crap for at least the past couple of years. And this was a good, like, homage. Is that a dig on what I've been making you watch since I know that you essentially no. only watch the movies? <laughs> no, this is a dig on on uh, the industry in general right now. Um, tr most of the movies, as far as I'm concerned, are trash. I don't want to see them. This, um, 
this is a good homage to the 90s. It acknowledges that there was a lot of good in the original films. It acknowledges that there is at least decent, you know, there's material in the games, even though the games are silly and don't really take themselves seriously. But I also appreciated how the special effects were not overused. Like they didn't mm -hmm. spend too much time wowing you with the special effects, but when they utilized them, they used them very efficiently. Like everything about Sub-Zero was fantastic. Some of it even looked practical. I'm not there, sure there they... are there are practical effects in this. Okay, um, because it's a mix, and so that I agree that that helped. That it's especially with ice effects, you know, fake ice from real ice because you, you can tell from its luminosity, from the weight when it when it when it does stuff. That impressed me a lot. I wasn't impressed with some of the dialogue. I was actually very much not impressed with Sonya because she, Sonya felt, I guess maybe on purpose, kind of like a 90s film where yeah. acting wasn't really all that important and decent dialogue wasn't important good quips but um you know Nate I don't know I don't know if you I don't know if you remember this from from high school and all that but do you recall Kung Lao getting the shit into the stick in every game because yes. wow yes. um they continued along with that tradition poor Kung Lao never gets his Come on, I, it's always I, gets fucked. I agree. Um, and I'm not sure why that's the case. I mean, I always thought that it, there was, it was kind of the weird kid who really loved uh, his character, right? Because yeah. Kung Lao had his, his weapon is a hat. He has this big wide hat that has a razor brim and he had some cool moves and he had a little teleport move and stuff, but it was always like, you just a guy with a hat like just nobody everybody wanted to be one of the ninjas right and some people who thought they were like really like they they pictured themselves being in gryffindor and harry potter they would want to be either lord raiden um or uh, uh, uh Kang. Liu Kang being the titular hero of which, the original series which is funny because um, I felt Liu Kang was one of the weakest parts of this film because Robin Shu, for one, is the superior Liu Kang, but also Luke, it's one of those things where you, you look at these fighting franchises and you think of the main character and you realize that they're the lamest character in the entire yeah. game. Like they're like, no one gives a shit about the main character of these stories. Like, uh, I can't remember Kazuya. What was his name? The, the son of, uh, Heihachi and Tekken uh guile and street fighter who the fuck cares about those two the other characters are way more interesting i i agree and it was interesting because that's actually why i kind of liked not making luke hang the lead in this one because he got to be sort of the precious cinnamon roll sweet kid like he's almost effeminate he's looking too innocent like, he right and 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 he's and he of course has firepower and he got to play that role but not have to carry the film and i liked yeah. that and uh, he, as I said before, he's played by uh, Ludi Lin, who uh, is a great actor. He played the Black Ranger in the Power Rangers reboot. He's, uh, he was the Mark Captain in uh, Aquaman. He's done a lot of stuff. And he got to play the, like, as you said, the innocent character in this, whereas the sort of bad, his sort of badass friend could then be um, uh, Crazy Hat Man, which, <laughs> you know <laughs> crazy yeah, hat man crazy kung lao uh played by max wong who is also great and he got some cool he got a cool little fight but he has such a small part in this before he gets uh his spoiler alert soul sucked out and becomes Which a corpse is kind of 
par for the course, right? It's like, yes. who gets the least development? Someone's got to go. It's Mortal right. Kombat. Someone's got to die. And I actually expected there to be a lot more deaths in this uh, Yeah, in this seriously. Film. Uh, it, it, this was a good setup. Like, this is, I've watched this film several times. And the first time I watched it, I loved it. And I still like it. But I loved it because I was so desperate for a video game adaptation that had, where I got to see some cool, un, unnatural effect fight scenes that weren't just, you know, uh, hyper unrealistic jumping from car to car, et cetera. I, I know I'm ripping on Fast and Furious right now, but there's a time. Okay, everybody else is too. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And my biggest complaint watching it multiple times now is there's actually a lot of downtime between fight scenes. We get a lot of fighting in the opening and then we get a lot of fighting packed into the end. And in the middle, we get story development, which is not great um it's it's okay we get one really cool fight scene in the middle which is where we get kano and sonya blade and cole fighting reptile uh and reptile in this is as in some of the some of the canon is not a single character so much as like a just reptile soldier um and in this he's the straight up giant lizard person reptile um and it's great because he there's this really cool scene where like um, he's using his predator style invisibility and they can't catch him. And Kano takes a flare, lights it and stabs it to the stabs it to reptile with his, his knife and then follows him around that way. It's pretty great. Uh, we also get some, I guess it's really, we get, as you said, Tad, you get, we get a lot of quips. Some of them are directly from the yeah. game and, and those are fun, even if completely out of place. They're just they, fan they're, service. They're just shoved in literally. Just yes, go, I literally, know that one. Just right. To, to have Kung Lao go fatality is really weird because it's, it's very out it of character. It just doesn't fit. Wasn't there a flawless victory too? Flawless yes, victory, there was. Yes. Um, that was Kung Lao. Kung Lao, Kung Lao that's right. Flawless victory and somebody else's fatality. Very weird. Um, but, you know it's it's sort of like expected like i expected i actually expected there to be a scene where like Liu kang fries something and uh somebody leans in and goes toasty um because there was of course that easter egg in the, in Mortal and they could have even gotten ed boone to lean in sure they could have who was the original graphic and original creator uh along with some others of mortal kombat and uh and is still working on the games with nether realm studios so the middle was the problem part for me it's not that it was Watching it the first time, I was totally on board. Watching it again, I was like, ooh, the quips that aren't from the, they're not very good. Um, they, they're, they're actually really bad. And Sonya Blade is actually the worst part of it. And it's not, it's not the fault not of her the fault. acting. It's the fault of the part that was written. Um, and she has sort of, and this is Jessica McNamee, she has like, she literally has the outfit from the original game, which is like a little tank top t-shirt and, and like military khakis. And um. I don't, I don't know. Like they, they, there's so little uh, real development behind her character. And the same with, with uh, Jax, who is, is um, I always, always forget his name. And he's, he's actually a really great actor. Uh, it'll come to me, but um, he is McCod Brooks. Thank you. He is part of her backstory like they they both were in the special ops together and yet they just they just shoehorn the most stereotypical information in there um like what you know what 
get off your ass soldier um like like i'm here for you soldier like it's just really really that bad <laughs> and and i wished they could have cut that out entirely and instead the movie's about two hours it's an hour and 50 minutes so it's not super long but they really could have cut out some of that stuff because honestly nobody gives a shit um and I would have rather them both have a 20 second scene where they're punching punching bags together and have that little dialogue. It's where it's like, I don't know if we should do this. And it's like, you know what I always said in the field, get off your ass soldier. And like, it really, it didn't matter. They just need to know that these characters know each other and that they move on. Um, the, then a fight scene. And we could have gone even with a practical fight scene in the ring like we got with Cole early on and it would have been fine. I just wanted there to be less waiting. And I had the same problem. I recently uh, forced my wife to watch James Wan's Aquaman because I love the character, I love DC, and I really enjoyed that movie. The, the action scenes are stellar. Uh, I love the design. We finally got a really comic booky looking movie that was also well-designed, super cool. Uh, and yet, because she had no interest, when I watched it again, all of the pacing problems came out. And it's the same problem with this one. The end and the beginning are a lot of fun. The middle has some real stupid crap with one great scene. You know, the, the middle of Aquaman, it's the battle um, in Sicily. It's great. Uh, and then in uh, Mortal Kombat 2021, I think it's the reptile fight scene. Great. Everything around that, complete waste of time. Um, in fact, they even go, and Tad's giving me the one holding up a finger here, but even Aquaman and Mortal, in this Mortal Kombat, they both have the traveling to a desert area, uh, which is like, like, we know that adventure films travel to a new place. And it's just like a game, you go to a new biome, right? But it doesn't mean that if there's no content there, don't take us there. Right, just don't take us there. Uh, just cut it out uh, or put in something better. Uh, so that was an issue for me. But Tad, what is your raised finger about? So there's two things. One, um, when I was watching this film, all I could think about was, wow, this is infinitely better than Monster Hunter, which had the exact same goddamn problem where they didn't have any fucking content throughout the ga uh, game, throughout the movie. But Nathan... Don't you think that Cabal was just one of the best parts of the movie? Every moment that Cabal was on screen or talking was fantastic. He got a little yes. annoying, like Deadpool annoying, because clearly they were like, let's make Cabal more Deadpool. Do you mean, do you mean Kano? No, Cabal. No, like, I agree. The, I, the reason I oh, mentioned I know it. Kano. Kano. The I, yeah, the reason <laughs> I mentioned it is because Cabal was fantastic. And yes. I absolutely loved him. He gets about mm, two minutes of screen time. It's and a great screen time. And the special um, effects are, that they put around him were amazing. Yes. And his costume is awesome. Was. His costume, he has the um, he has the contemporary Cabal costume where it's not, again, just a color swap, but like he's he's great. He gets the raspy voice coming through like a respirator. Like he's the Mortal Kombat version of, of General Grievous, right? Like he's just uh, a damage, like uh, he's the reason I'm in this, in this friggin' iron lung, blah, blah, blah. But he's great. <laughs> He does a good job. Um, I really loved seeing him. Kano is sort of his, I'm not even going to say foil. He's like another form. Kano, Kano is both necessary in this movie and also tiresome because yeah. he has, uh, they have him ad lib a ton, uh, which, which is fine because he's not terrible at it, but 
it's too much. And this is Josh Lawson uh, who plays him. And he, I think, got a lot of fans from this role, which is, it's deserved. Um, he's, he, he, I remember him as uh, the character Kench Allenby from Anchorman 2, but he's got, like, he has a very natural comedian way of speaking, delivering things. The problem is, is that because the script is so poor and they're like, oh, this is great. It's great because your script is so poor. His ad libs needed to be trimmed down, especially because he has that ad lib comedian tendency to every other word being motherfucker or something like that. It's, I'm not a prude, but it's like saying, um, all the time. And yes, don't read me in the comments. I know I say, um, I'm trying. It gets, it gets, it's, it gets, it, for one thing, his shtick gets tiresome because he, you see him kind of repeat the same stuff, but also this is supposed to be like one of the top scary mercenaries in the world. And really he's kind of just a giant baby. Yeah. And they pulled that card. Like every bully is really just like, uh, uh, afraid of being a wuss. He's barely threatening. Yeah. And, and I super enjoyed the, uh, the foreshadowing of his death though. In the movie like as far as yeah. writing goes of the i liked it a lot that was mm. good well, and that's the thing <laughs> and, and, and he does and that's yeah and then they do a good job i i feel like of making him unlikable but also also sort of transfixing like you do watch him when he's on because he by far has the most charisma when he's on screen um but also, and they gave him great fight scenes. Like that was the nice thing. Like I said, his reptile fight scene was a highlight. I thought it was very good. And it was nice to see his eye laser, that's his power, um, had some pretty nice effect behind it. It's just, I enjoyed it. Uh, and I enjoyed the, the turncoat-ness of it was pretty solid because that's a big staple of Mortal Kombat, all the games, all the movies, there is a betrayal. And it is always like the things could get better and then they get worse moment. Um, which is exciting. Uh, it's, it makes, it's what makes an epic, right? Uh, I'm not going to say that this is an epic because it doesn't have the grandiose scope or scale, but it could be. Like, I actually think you could do a really fun, you need a better script, but you could do a really fun, like, trilogy Mortal Kombat, right? Like, where you have, I would love to see an entire uh, film in Outworld. Uh, Outworld, which in this looks interesting, but also looks like a vast wasteland with nothing in it, which makes me wonder what the hell that's like what Outworld is. Come put, on, man. Put a building up. Um, <clears throat> like, it just, it's got to be crazy. Uh, there were some other standouts, though. I, I really enjoyed um, uh, Melina in this. Uh, she was really thick. And... <laughs> she they was made thick. Melina thick. Well, yes. And it's Sissy Stringer, who is very beautiful. And she has the the sort of creepy mouth that opens extra wide uh and the teeth and i enjoyed that they they did that you know she's beautiful but she's also freaky because that was always another staple of the mortal Kombat designs you know sony blade is pretty much the only normal woman in the game everyone else had a super skimpy costume and got progressively more bizarre with their powers and stuff as the games went on and that was fun it's it's a fun thing and uh you know i mean the i think it was Mortal Kombat 10, uh, they're on 11 now, is, is the one that's been out for a while. But I think that's the one where they had an insect woman. And you're like, wow, this is both kind of sexy and also extremely gross. Uh, you know, like they, they, they push that. Um, some weird ones, like uh, Mel Jarnson plays Natara, 
who she flies in and has like a two second role. Just a weird moment. Um, Reiko is played by Nathan Jones, who a lot of action fans will recognize too. Uh, Daniel Nelson, we mentioned Cabal, he plays Cabal. And I like too that he's known as a pretty attractive guy. I like that they were not afraid to put him completely in a mask. You never see him at all. Uh, He's not there for that. It's just his voice uh, delivered through a Jack in the Box speaker comm. And uh, it sounds it sounds great. Uh, <clears throat> the the death. So it, here's an interesting part because we of course we get to the end, and I have a problem with a core element that we haven't touched on. I want to save that for a moment from now. But as we approach our wrap up here, what did did you guys feel like the death? Because at the end, kind of all the villains get killed pretty quickly, and right. I was disappointed that there weren't more back and forth struggles. Um, We get Jax uh, uh, killing Reiko, pretty pretty great actually. He does the the hand clap over the head and evaporates his head. That's always a fun one. Uh, And then we get, um, I thought Melina's for such an interesting character that we get kind of as as, um, the right hand villainous. Uh, She just gets her, you know, guts blasted open by a, a, a sort of, Shang Tsung power of, of Sonya Blade just rings off her wrists, you know. It, it, the graphics are good. They're entertaining. They are from the game. I enjoyed that, but it was too quick. Um, I'm like, I waited through a lot of plot and now you're giving me the two second they're defeated moment. I mean, you're not wrong. And if they hadn't wasted so much time in the middle of the movie, they'd have had more time for it. I think I understand what the hell they were trying to get at is they're hoping that the next one is going to be more brutal and they don't need to go through as much of the character development. It it makes sense because that's a weakness that a lot of movies have. If they plan on making a bunch of movies is you got to get that, that character development in earlier. And maybe if you have to sacrifice something like this, I'm okay with it. If MK2 ends up being a real spectacle and then you don't have to worry about developing anyone because you already know who they are but i agree it it was very one-sided all the good guys kind of kicked everyone's it's ass a risk. Shang song just walked away and was like whatever i don't care yeah so it's a risk because i think you're right um and yes the middle could have been written better but as you said it, we didn't expect it to everything that we got was actually much better than expected Seriously. um but I think of this, and this is a whole other podcast episode, but right now, you know, we're on episode, I think, three of of, uh, the Book of Boba Fett Disney Plus series. And I mean, personally, I'm enjoying it, but we're on that same thing. They seem to be taking the thing where they're like, just trust us. We will get to a point where everything ties itself together. And that's what Mortal Kombat's entire middle section was. It was, trust us, this will save us later. As in, in with the Book of Boba Fett, I know they're going for this is going to make it worth it later. The question is, is are you going to have people follow you? Now, the good news is, is that Mortal Kombat did pretty well. It was the first HBO streaming um, uh, theater and streaming dual release. It did very well. Um, I've seen some people say it didn't. That's weird because HBO considered it quite a success as you know, Warner Brothers considered it a success. It did make money. Um, it was a big driving factor for, for subscribers to HBO Max. And um, and Warner Brothers says it plans on expanding the series most definitely and soon. However, we do not have any official uh, information on that. Uh, I have heard rumors of uh, them 
toying with the idea of doing some miniseries, all a Suicide Squad spinoff, Peacemaker, um, which check it out, HBO Max, uh, James Gunn is the man. So I don't know, I'd be excited to see it. Um, I, I really would. And I really hope they do because I think I got, I loved it so much the first time I saw it. And I really, really want more of what I loved. And watching it a, a second and third time, I get a little less, I get diminishing returns on the way back because there's so much I have to wait through to get to the fight scenes again. And those are the fun parts. We get a lot of characters, a, a tip off that some characters will return for the sequels, uh, even though they're dead because Shang Tsung makes their bodies disappear, all the Sub-Zero, et cetera. Uh, that's, you know, a trademark of the games as well because characters come back that die in essentially every game nobody ever really dies yeah i mean they had Liu kang come back as a zombie at one point so you know it's it's <clears throat> that's that's part of the fun too right is that you get rematches for characters who killed each other it's it's a lot of fun i'm really excited they do have a teaser at the end where uh uh they're gonna go cole is going to go um he sees a poster of with johnny cage on it who is the like super american i'm an action hero star who just turns out to actually be a fighter. i cannot wait to figure out who they cast for johnny cage yeah so it's gonna be interesting i mean i i i don't think he'd be the best cast physically by any means but it would be kind of a shocker if they didn't at least approach ryan reynolds i wouldn't be surprised jesus christ um, that's so, too easy it is too, too easy. easy it is too easy yeah i mean the Weird. the you know their number one cast will probably be john cena um and do you think that they like just um, they put the teaser in there in this movie to like cast the net, see who they could get. Like if it's very possible, like um, popular. But if it did well, they're like, oh, well, we're not like gonna make any plans exactly. We'll see. Like, yeah, and I mean, it, it's always that like, you know, it always is. Any sort of lead into a sequel is always uh, also sort of bait for fans to be like, give us a new one as well. And so I'm sure that's the case. It, it's like, yeah. you know, how Batman Begins had a Joker playing card at the end, you know, like we knew the next one, they wanted something big. And in that case, it delivered. In others, it sometimes just means that the series ends and we never get that. Uh, I don't think that will happen with this one. I do think Warner Brothers seems to have an interest. They have no stake in saying they don't have an interest and the games are still selling well. It just seems like a... Um, like a win-win in many ways. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another movie and a miniseries of some kind. Um, and it's possible they would just go with a miniseries and see how that plays. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's going to happen. We're, let's just get it out. Here's my problem with this movie. The main problem is Cole. He is a Mary Sue of the extremist the extremist type who does not need to be there and also as a fan of the games while i am not a master of name of names in the game uh he's not from the games uh he actually was a, a creation for the film and here's the biggest problem is that he essentially sucks the whole movie uh he does nothing helpful the entire movie until his family is about to be killed by uh, goro he then gets his power and his power is like the crappiest um like knockoff wakanda armor uh possible <laughs> like it seems to take in like kinetic energy he gets to take hits and then dish them out Whoopity yeah do. but yeah. like but it's just he doesn't have a mask uh, especially since scorpion who is his you know ancestor looks so flipping cool in the final battle like he doesn't get a mask he just gets this this essentially a, a tight t-shirt 
uh, with woven material. <laughs> and then he gets uh, a couple of, I forget what they're called. They're the- Okay, ton, ton fuzz. Okay, ton let fuzz, me yes. tell you, Nate, I almost guarantee I know why this happened, why you got Cole, because they wanted striker and they realized that a guy who is one of his trademark lines is pr- police brutality coming up wasn't really going to fly considering everything that's happened in the past few years so they went um can we make a new character so that people can self-insert instead of putting striker in even though i love striker but it's possible and i, I think don't think we're could, gonna get striker they could get away with striker but not as the main character no um, definitely not he'd have to be the side character i think you're right especially because of the tonfas that did make me think of that at yeah. one point but it's supposed to be striker as far as i'm concerned here's what i think all here's my take on what i think probably happened they wanted initially, or somebody on the writer's panel, the writer in the group, wanted the end to be Sub-Zero is defeating, uh, he's got Cole's family, and he's defeating Cole, and uh, when he, and he gets stabbed by his, you know, his family dagger or whatever, the, the gardening trial, and then Hanzo, Scorpion, possesses his body, and he becomes Scorpion. And that's how we get Scorpion in this timeline, who died. Mm-hmm. Like, he comes back. That is what I thought was going to happen. And that's what I wish happened, because narratively, it makes more sense. I The reason I'm sure why production didn't want that, or lots of people on the writer's panel who I would not necessarily consider writers probably would have said no, is because it's not kid movie formula, which, although this is rated R and there's a lot of violence, it still reads as a kid's movie in many ways. Um, the quips are very kid level. I mean, you could take out the violence and and the curse words and it's almost a Surf Ninja sequel. And that's not really a dig. It's just, that's the we level always, they, they seem to be going for. We always and go back to Surf Ninjas, don't we? Always, it's Surf Ninjas or Ninja Turtles or James Gunn. Those are my three modes. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, you get, you have to have sort of Cole's like, oh, he's the like, the new kid. Like he's the new kid, kids like the new kid. They wanna be able to be the new kid. And you can't take a guy, especially who has a wife and a kid, and you can't take him and then sacrifice him at the end of, to be a new person essentially, cause he'd be gone and Scorpion would be there to be a new person in a kid's movie. But in a real Mortal Kombat storyline and as a better narrative arc, you would. Because Absolutely. he's a pale comparison of Scorpion. And instead we get Scorpion um, being brought there. They don't, they don't make this clear enough until the second time I watched it. I didn't really get Raiden beams Scorpion there from hell is the assumption. Um, and because Cole thanks Raiden afterward and he gets a little nod because he's not supposed to interfere, which is fucking stupid because <laughs> there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of plot holes um, because Raiden is like, we can't interfere. And you know, the villain is like, Hey, douchebag the gods never do anything so like you could do whatever you want never mind that raiden fought in the tournaments in the games i i know and it just doesn't really you know <laughs> it's not i mean chang sung is like the gods don't do crap and raiden's like well i'm still gonna follow their rules it doesn't make any sense also let's just not think about the I guess I, I did like this moment, even though it made zero sense, when Cole and Sonya Blade, who doesn't have the mark, because we didn't mention that all the fighters of Earth have this dragon mark. It's essentially the original symbol for Mortal Kombat games uh, and movies. And they get it, either 
uh, they get it by defeating someone who has it. Um, and apparently in history or getting it passed down to them from other people uh, who are in their bloodline. So Cole has it because his ancestor was a great warrior and everyone else has it because they essentially killed someone who had it. And we get like, she doesn't have the mark. Jax has the mark, but he has no arms. Kano has the mark and he's an asshole. And uh, Cole has the mark and he sucks. And they all get to Raiden's temple and he's supposed to be the one like training apparently these earth fighters. And in the other ones, the other, in a lot of the games and also the original movies, Raiden is like the ultimate good guy who's like, we have to do this. This is the best. And in this one, he's like, you all suck. This isn't going to work. Go home. Just wait for the end. And it. <laughs> and it was kind of great. And, and it was a great like, but here's the other part though, is that you're like, Raiden, what were you doing? Where the hell have you been? Like, you can beam people here from all over the planet. What are you doing? Like, you're blaming people for showing up late and not knowing what they're supposed to be doing when you didn't tell them and you didn't have anything happening ever. You trained two people. Uh, like, it just, it didn't, it's, it'd be sort of like walking up to a new job and having them go like, uh, you know, go deliver this to PTB. And you're like, what's PTB? And you're like, God, oh, you're an idiot. Get out of here. You're fired. <laughs> you know, like you'd be, you'd be like, excuse me. Like, I think it's your job to tell me what that is. Like, I think that's how this works. And, and so that's, that's another plot hole. And then we get the, the other plot hole, which is, um, what are like, what are, there's no other, like every fighter from the last tournament we presume was killed. Like, right, because that's the only way it would work, right? That's why there's a new crop of fighters, but they don't clarify or explain that, I guess. And I, I, it just, some of the best story elements were the ones that are glazed over, and then we get the crap ones. Like, <laughs> Liu Kang's, Liu Kang's story was fascinating. Like, he was uh, an orphan on the street, and he got taken in by a sex trafficker, and he kills him and that's how he gets the mark because a sex trafficker had the mark that's an enticing story um but like i said this is on a kid level so that's as far as that would go they would not put that in the storyline beyond him saying that in like three lines uh whereas the others we don't know anything about um like i said cole doesn't make any sense at all he needs something needs to happen with cole uh you know, my opinion now, put him in Mortal Kombat 12, the game, and you'll probably do something interesting with him because right now he is not interesting. And the fact that I had to watch uh, Cole get his ass handed to him over and over, poor Louis Tan get thrown around this movie with no payoff was a little rough. Uh, and that was my biggest, that was my biggest complaint. And that was a complaint the first time I saw it too. I didn't understand the Cole, like, that's often the thing, right? In these movies that come from something else, you have to add a character to sort of be a placeholder for all the people watching who aren't addicted to the games. Exactly what I said. He, he's a self-insert. Exactly. And it's annoying. It's so annoying. He, he doesn't really... Now, if Ed Boon had been making this, and like we've all said this, there's a lot of really cool nods to the games in this. Um, and it's totally, I totally recommend it. If you are even remotely interested in Mortal Kombat, see it. It's fun. It's fun. And we want a sequel. And it's great. The design is brilliant. Um, it's the graphics are fun. The choreography is good. Uh, just, you know, be aware, you're not going to chuckle at any of the, <laughs> any of the lines or anything. Uh, but if Ed Boon had done it, Cole would have died at the end. 
and like abruptly because and i think that's what they were going for when i mentioned how all the villains are sort of killed really quickly there's this thing that mortal kombat has and some other i mean joss whedon you know um may he rot in the bed he's created uh was sort of a master of doing this is if you want impact when a character in an action film something dies you that that death can't be foreseen uh it needs to be surprising and abrupt because it crashes everything into it you know it's like a roadblock that pops up out of nowhere and everything hits it and that's when shit totally falls apart and in this movie uh and in the games that happens sometimes like uh you know you would it'd be like a cut scene and the character would be like we did it we won and then the other character reaches over and breaks his neck or something as i said like um betrayals are a big element because a betrayal is a surprise if you're expecting them to betray them you know it's not really a betrayal you're just waiting uh so in this i think that's what they were going for with the really quick death but it doesn't work it seems like they're trying to rush to the ending as opposed to surprise us with a big and 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 the only real death that we get of of a hero is poor poor hat man and he does not uh, kung lao boy my boys get get he gets fucked every time i know and um and I would love to see him come back in some form in the next movie somehow. I mean, you could do it, just find a way, it'd be fun. Uh, but it was the only one, and it wasn't quick. You know, you, like they just, they didn't quite work the tension well with that. Like they could have had it where they thought they were going to save him and they didn't. Um, and yes, you're bummed that he's dying, but it also wasn't a really, it was a, it was a, his soul was sucked out. So he becomes all shriveled. It's, it's like a cool effect, but it's not also gruesome. Like a beheading is gruesome, right? Like that moment, like the Goro death scene was pretty good. Uh, we had Cole cutting his hand off and he's flailing his hand and spraying blood. Like it, it, dismemberment is, uh, is jarring. So that was well done. I will shout out Paul W.S. Anderson's original for having the best Goro because it was a giant practical animatronic Goro. It still looks good. So, oh, so good. It's so worth it. Check it out absolutely check it out uh it's super brilliant um and this one is 3d it's good 3d uh you know it lets them do a lot of stuff that they couldn't do with a practical model but it's never going to be a practical effect so all right i have babbled my way through this uh i'm going to start with the recommendations would i recommend mortal kombat 2021 yes i would if you like action movies watch it it's a good action flick it's fun if you like uh the games absolutely watch it there's tons of fan service and it's the best representation we've gotten of a lot of the characters um and it's just fun to see them fly around doing their thing um if you are wanting a a a dark story you're not really going to get it here it's not really about that this time around maybe the sequel uh i I wouldn't be surprised if the sequel does come and it ends on a downer empire strikes back moment um, because that's very that's very in line with the games and it would lead into a sequel quite well but check it out. I recommend it. Uh, ignore Cole. He's not the main focus, even though he's the main character. Um, maybe he'll get a better better role next time around. And uh, Tad, would you recommend Mortal Kombat 2021? And if so, why and to who? I would. And normally this is one of those times when it's like, I'm not normal. I'd, I'd say the, I'd state the obvious. I am not going to state the obvious this time. If you are a, ma- a fan of Mortal Kombat, you've probably already seen this movie get out of here i'm going to recommend this movie in two different ways one if you like video game if you've been waiting for a video game movie that kind of doesn't suck and you need to wash the filth of monster hunter out of your mouth 
this movie will do it. If you and the other recommendation is if you watch Shang-Chi and went, this is an okay kung fu movie, but I could do a better kung fu movie. This is an infinitely better kung fu movie than Shang-Chi and the and the last dragon. Better movie all around. This is my best film of 2021. That's not saying much because I didn't watch a whole lot of films in 2021 outside the ones Nate told me to watch, but this is the best film that came out in 2021 for me. Bar not. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, I will say that Mandy liked Monster Hunter, and I think Shang-Chi is actually a better kung fu flick. But, um, and that's partially because Shang-Chi is a more, it's a more balanced movie, but also, we also have some real strong pedigree uh, for martial arts in that as well, Michelle Yeoh's in it and everything. And the choreography, it's more traditionally a kung fu movie throughout. This one has sporadic moments, uh, but I think they both have their place. Fair opinion. Mandy, would you recommend Mortal Kombat 2021 to people? And if so, why and to who? Hey, sure, why not? It was a fun, fighty fight movie, fighting McFeigster movie. <laughs> like scenes. That's a new genre I'm putting battling. in my flex today is nice. fighty fight fighty. movie. Fighty, fighty McFeister movie, fighty fight movies. Um, yeah, I've been mean, like it was, it was done fairly well. I mean, you discuss the issues with pacing, but first watch, probably like Nate said, probably not gonna bother you the match. It didn't really bother me that much. I don't know, I might have wandered out of the room or something during that portion. Um, <laughs> and you can. Uh, when it, a, when I didn't a, really a, miss that much. Or, yeah, or when a heartfelt conversation starts in, in this middle. movie, you can walk out and come back. You know what's going to happen. You, you know, know like, it's just the, the fighting part is good. Um, and yeah, it does have a very like video game feel. The fan service was um good, even for like light fans of um the franchise, like I am. Uh, that was like a fun little thing that they put in there I, I agree with Tad they probably should have taken advantage of doing more um just because why not like you know why you're showing up to watch this film like why not just go like all the way um yeah but yes yeah, like a fun little movie like nothing particularly terrible about it like the way that it was made or um politics or anything like it was just yeah. like hey fighty mcfightsters there they go just pulling each other apart there's body parts flying and people being frozen and all the good stuff that you'd expect from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's totally solid. And you got to tell, we all like this movie. Like, we all enjoyed it. And I have to say, I don't think I've talked to anyone who is looking forward to it who didn't enjoy it. Even if it wasn't their favorite, they liked it. Uh, and I think, and that, you, ha you can pick some, especially critical reviews that really ripped this movie apart. And the irony is, is this is actually pretty close to what we were asking for as fans. So to get the movie that we asked for is kind of shocking. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't come around very often. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's nice to see that. And, uh, and I think we should support it. You know, when, when we're given what we ask for as a consumer, it's kind, of, it's kind of on us if we don't like it. And I think we mostly did like it. Um, it was a fun one. It was a nice introduction to and reason to get HBO Max, which of course now has, has got plenty of great stuff on the docket, uh, including Peacemaker. Go watch it, James Gunn. And I'm going to leave it there. Next week, catch us for part two of this with 1993's Immortal Combat, where we talk about other combat that is 
mortal i don't really i, I don't i don't fighty. understand because fighty it's another fighty fight movie um yeah we're gonna check that out please leave a review five stars ten stars whatever the highest is wherever you get your podcasts send us your requests hate mail whatever you want to colton classic podcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram at colton classic podcast and on facebook.com slash colton classic podcast and check us out on youtube colton classic podcast i'm uh, my, my name is nate wyckoff and to play us out as always is the chud with their song all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.